0: welcome to pre-k spot talks i am melissa your host and the founder of pre-k spot the spot for early childhood educators to open up their teaching i am your guide down the open-ended child-led teaching path and together we will explore strategies and ideas so that you may open up your teaching to less stress more engagement and an overall joyful child-led classroom Hello, hello, educator friends, and welcome back to Pre-K Spot Talks. I'm your host, Melissa May, and this is Season 5, Episode 2, all about taming transitions with play. I feel like this topic is all too familiar. Picture this. Chaos. Shoes flying. Crayons scattered. And a chorus of, what are we doing next? Or, Melissa, Melissa, what's going on? Ah, yes. The age-old challenge of... Transitions transitions in a classroom, those tiny moments between activities, can feel a bit like trying to herd cats on roller skates, especially in pre-K. One minute, it's a serene art session, and the next, a whirlwind of energy as we shift to story time. But here's the twist. What if I told you that there is a secret weapon out there to tame the wild beast of transitions? drum roll please, it's the magic of play. I mean, shocking, right? But really, play can solve so many of our classroom issues by just opening up to it and leaning in. Let's get a bit scientific for a moment. Research from the University of Virginia's Curry School of Education suggests that playful and engaging transitions can dramatically reduce disruption, increase student engagement, And boost overall classroom dynamics. I mean, who'd have thought, right? Turning transitions into little mini play sessions can be a game changer. But let's take off the science hats now and step into a little bit of a memory. Remember playing The Floor is Lava as a kid? It's made a huge comeback recently. The couch was your safe island, and you had to jump from one spot to another without touching the ground. That game was exciting heart pounding even and guess what it was all about transitioning from one point to another now hold on to that feeling and bring that feeling into the classroom and bring that energy into the classroom instead of the age-old all right everyone line up imagine saying okay little explorers the floor has turned to water and we need to hop on lily pads to our next adventure it's the same transition but oh how the experience has changed and this can range from a little bit complicated to super duper simple it might just be about a language change or just popping in a tiny activity and we will talk more about that in just a tiny bit think of transitions like a bridge now this bridge could be the wobbly creaky kind where everyone's rushing to get to the other side or with a sprinkle of play it could be a grand ornate bridge with delightful sounds sights and stops along the way making the journey just as enjoyable as the destination now let's delve into the real superhero of this story and that's play have you ever thought about why play is so magnetic to children we have talked about this plenty before or why a simple game can hold their attention when words might not play is like the universal language of children It doesn't matter what language they speak, they all speak play. It's their currency, it's their Wi-Fi, connection to the world. While we adults may rely on words and logic, children, they resonate with the rhythm of play. Research from the National Association of the Education of Young Children, or NACI as we call it, highlights play as a pivotal tool for learning. Not just any learning, but deep, meaningful, Stick in your brain, sticky kind of learning. Through play, concepts be- become tangible, lessons become alive, and yes, transitions can turn into an adventure. Now, onto another delightful story from my own playbook. I once visited a preschool where transitions felt, oh God, uh, well, magical. How? They had this fantastic game called Mystery Moves. Every transition came with a fun movement challenge. Post-art time, the teacher might say, All right, explorers, let's move to our next adventure like kangaroos. And just like that, a room full of tiny kangaroos would hop to their next activity. It wasn't just about moving. It was about the experience. And how simple is that? Instead of saying, just go line up, just ask them to hop. They don't even have to act like kangaroos, but I highly suggest it because I keep this one in my pocket and use it all the time. We also like to fly like butterflies, slither like snakes, crawl like mice, and often I like to choose quieter animals, but not always. We stomp like elephants as well. Or consider having a classic game of Simon Says, but with a little bit of twist. I always like to call it Melissa Says. Um. So we can say Melissa says tiptoe to the reading corner or Melissa says twirl to the snack table. The kids aren't just moving, they're playing, laughing, and more importantly, they're engaged. And do you see the running theme here? We're really not asking them to do much. We are just kind of gamifying transitions. So imagine if transitions became these little pockets of joy, these surprise moments sprinkled throughout the day. They're not interruptions, but rather exhilarating exhilarating pit stops on the grand racetrack of learning. We know that transitions can be difficult, but this little bit of game or excitement or change really helps to move them along. And so speaking of racetracks... Here's a metaphor to mull over just a little because, you know, I love a metaphor. If our lesson plans are the cars designed for the learning journey, transitions are the pit stops. Now, these pit stops can be quick, efficient, and barely noticeable, or they can be where the real magic happens, where a burst of energy refuels and revamps our little racers for their journey ahead. And if you really think about them like that, These little pit stops, a time to get a drink, a time to wash hands, or a time to move about if that's what they need, it's really going to help. But the question remains, how do we tap into this magic consistently? How do we make every transition an invitation to a mini-adventure? Well, my teacher friends, let's unlock the treasure chest filled with games, strategies, and playful techniques that promise to turn every transition into a joyride. Imagine having an arsenal of fun-filled games at your fingertips, making transitions smoother than a slide at the playground. Let's kick things off with one of my absolute favorites, the countdown game. Here, transitions become thrilling countdowns. In 10, 9, 8, we're blasting off to line, or we're blasting off to clean up. By zero, kids are seated, excited, and ready for the next liftoff. Next up, we have musical moments. Inspired a little bit by musical chairs, play a lively tune as the kids transition. When the music stops, they freeze and listen for the next instruction, if there is one. You can make it a game by there not being one or the instruction being, hey, put your hands on your head. And then next instruction being, hey, move on. Not only is this fun, but it also sharpens their listening skills. This one is really good for bigger transitions like cleanup or pack up, but really, this works the best for cleanup. And then there's also this super fun gem called Nature's Call. Post-indoor activities, the teacher might say, let's flutter to the reading nook like butterflies, or slither to the craft station like snakes. This is what I was telling you about before. I love this one. But we also can't forget about our tech-savvy generation. Incorporate tech transitions. Use a fun app that rolls a virtual dice or spins a wheel. Each side or segment suggests a different way to move to the next activity. It could be like hop like a bunny or a moonwalk to your desk. And the unpredictability adds an element of suspense. If you don't want to add the the spinner or the wheel, you could do this as just like a card that a kid gets to pick out and they get to pick the transition. Other really great transitions are the mighty moments from creative curriculum. If you have to use those or if you have to use creative curriculum, this is a really great way of saying you're using it and using it with fidelity as these mighty moments are meant to be more transitional and quick and short. And I am working on a project right now on picking out all the best ones for all the best uses. So look out for that later. Here's some more research for you. Research from the University of Cambridge emphasizes the importance of physical activity in learning. We all know that this is important. Their findings show that these active transitions not only channel energy, but also enhance cognitive processing, memory, and attention. So when we say jump to the next activity, we're quite literally boosting their brain power. We also want to add transitions or add little bits and pieces to transitions, like introducing them, like... The good old classics, if your name starts with the letter A or your name starts with the A ah sound or if you're wearing the color blue, these things help. We also, we combine those with other movements. If you're wearing the color blue, go hop to line. Something like that. We also like to sing. Singing really helps through transitions and sometimes just having a f- song to focus on can really help children stay on track. I once remember reading this story from a classroom in New Zealand where the Maori concept of tiwari tapawa was in—please don't mind my accent here—but it was integrated. The holistic health model considers the spiritual, mental, physical, and family health. The teacher incorporates transitions that touch on each of those aspects, from where they whisper something that they're thankful for as they move— to walking while recalling a family story, it's more than just moving. It becomes mindful. The New Zealand early childhood programs like Tawariki or things like that are really, they're just so uh, embracing of early childhood. They really think it's really, truly important. And they offer a lot of really great ideas and tips for pretty much everything. So if you want to look up some really great early childhood stuff, definitely look up what New Zealand does. And so, in essence, these playful transitions become little mini micro lessons in disguise. That's what I love about it. This is where you can really start dropping all of those little bits and pieces that you might want to not want to teach directly. Just by saying, if your name starts with the sound ah, children are all listening to that. And they're connecting that to their friend's name in relevancy. And if you're singing down the hallway, you can sing rhyming words or rhyming songs or letter songs and m- numbers and all of those kinds of things to start dipping your toes into the academic without being a teacher-directed teacher. teacher. It really becomes more about the kids. And, of course, transitions can be led by the kids. You can ask them which one they want to do. You can have them pick. You can do so many different things. And then they think they chose it, they're running the show, and you have lots more uh, engagement. And if you think about it, if we're, it's, all of this is as if we're blending colors on a palette. While structured lessons are the primary colors, transitions introduce the shades, the tints, and the tones, making the learning canvas vibrant and holistic. Feeling inspired? I really hope so. Before we wrap up this episode, I just want to talk about one more thing that will shine a light on integrating these strategies seamlessly and consistently. After all, it's one thing to have the tools and another to wield them effectively. So here we are in the final stretch of this episode of our our playful pathway through transitions. As we tie all the colorful threads together, let's explore how to truly embrace these strategies ensuring they're more than just fleeting fun. So remember, it's not about changing the destination, but elevating the journey. In the classroom, that journey is paved with countless transitions, and our goal? To turn each one into a delightful detour. First, consistency is key. While spontaneity adds excitement, a rhythmic routine provides security. Dr. Angela Hanscom, a pediatric occupational therapist, stresses that predictability in the routine, sprinkled with spontaneous play, offers the perfect balance. It reduces anxiety and fosters confidence. Consider creating a transition toolkit. It's a go-to box filled with your favorite transition games and ideas, perhaps even some from today's chat. On days when creativity might be running a tad low, just pull them from the toolkit. Because we all know we have those days. And maybe a toolkit might be in the works, so look out for that. Now, a golden nugget from my personal journey. There was a time when I introduced the shadow shift. As sunlight streamed into the room, children had to move by stepping only on the shadows. It became an instant hit. But the real success, it wasn't just a game. The children began understanding the movement of the sun, the concept of time, and even started making shadow art. They also had to come up with so much body awareness for this. It was really awesome. But my dear listeners, the spotlight isn't just on the kids. It's on us educators too. How we feel about these transitions affects how they're received. So dive in with enthusiasm. Your energy will be infectious. Think of yourself as the conductor of a grand orchestra. Each transition is a note. And with play, you're ensuring it's a joyful one. And let's not forget our parents Share these playful strategies with them. Transition challenges aren't limited to just the classroom. And as a mom of two little boys, I know if, I mean, if that ain't true, I don't know what is. From dinner tables to bedtime, parents can also sprinkle some magical, playful fun. And after all, homes are where the first transitions take place. And homes, the homes are our partnerships. This is definitely something that you could share with parents and they can bring home too without it being too school-like and they can start to make it their own. One final tiny tip about transitions that I would like to say is to try to minimize them. Really take a look at your schedule and see which transitions you can eliminate. I eliminated snack as a whole group and made it one of our choices during work time. Most of the kids choose to do it first anyway and get it out of the way, but we eliminated the entire transition and time frame of eating snack, washing hands, moving to the next one, telling kids what's up. We just do everything all together now, and it is lovely. And as the renowned educator Maria Montessori once said, play is the work of the child. Let's extend that wisdom. Playful transitions are the bridges of their journey. By integrating play, we're not just moving children from one activity to the next. We're guiding them heart and soul through the wondrous landscape of learning. So as we wrap up today's spirited discussion, I leave you with this. May your transitions be playful, your classrooms lively, and every tiny shift be a step towards a grand adventure. And thank you for hopping, skipping, and jumping through transitions with me on today's episode. That is it for this one, and until next time, play on.